Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of the day you're watching this broadcast. This is Dr. Eric Tangumonken with IEM Approach, where we inspire, equip, and motivate people to discover God's great potential in them, develop that potential, and deploy it. It's not about you. It's about the people. You are being prepared to serve. You can serve by providing goods or services. Each generation has unique problems that pertain to that generation. Therefore, you are in the right place at the right time. And you have what is needed and what is going to take to provide solutions to your generation. You don't need no permission. If you think you do, I am giving you the permission today to step up to the plate and become the change that you desire to see. If there is something in your community, something in your family, something among your friends, something in your city, in your state, in your province, in your region, in your country, in the world that is bugging you, it is an indication that you can make a difference in that area. It doesn't mean, it doesn't matter how big the problem is. You can make a difference. That is why the problem is bugging you. That is been talking about it. It's just like if you have a ton in the sole of your feet and you are feeling pain because of that ton. What, what is the natural thing to do? You look for a way to pull out that thing that is causing you pain. Because most people like to ask the question of, I don't know what my mission is. I don't know what my calling is. You know, those things we've been talking about. Now is the time to take action. Talk is cheap. Talk alone is not going to get it done. I want to encourage you to rise up, rally other people, take the first steps, and the resources will follow. I believe that 100% because it works. I'm not just talking to you, I'm talking to myself. I know what I've been called to do, how challenging it is. However, I know the resources are already available and the people to work with. 
We are going to continue our discourse on racism. I'm not talking about racism because I have some scores to settle. I'm talking about racism because it's a plague in our time and we need to put an end to it. And that's why today we're talking about the end of racism. And before I move too far, can you please do these three things for me? Just three. Number one, share this broadcast, subscribe to my YouTube channel too. Invite somebody to join us. Number three, I'm talking from this book, we're in chapter six. Racism, where is your sting? The beginning and the end of racism. You can make a difference in the life of somebody by getting a copy of this book, not just for yourself, but for somebody else. If you need more than one copy, you need a discount, let me know. We have huge discounts available. If you have Kindle, is it Amazon Prime? The book is free on Kindle as well. You can download that and read. And if you need a code to listen to the audio, free, reach out to me. There is information below this video on how you can get hold of me. If you go to my webpage, www.erictangumonkem.com or iamapproach.com, you get my contact information. And uh, let's see how we can help you. If you are watching live and you have questions, you have feedback, I strongly encourage you to do so. I'm unable to interact with you right now because this has been streamed on multiple platforms. However, if you're watching on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, I would like to get your comments. We're going to be talking about the end of racism and what you need to do to put an end to racism. Please, I want you to listen to me and listen very closely. The solutions I'm proposing, the solutions I'm providing, the solutions I'm putting forward are not new. They are not out of this world. They may be so basic that you underlook them. However, they are very, very important solutions, very powerful solutions. Most of the times we, we, we are expecting complicated solutions, but when, as far as racism is concerned, the cure is not complicated. The end of racism, the first thing that you need to know, I'm talking to you, to the individual, 
throughout my book, the emphasis is on each individual to make an individual decision. I'm talking to you as an individual, and I want you to look at yourself and receive the message because it's for you, not for somebody else. You must know who you are. That is the first thing. Do you know who you are? When you are asked, who are you? What is your response? Some say, I'm an engineer. I'm a teacher. I'm a doctor. I'm a lawyer. I'm an accountant. No, that is not who you are. It is what you do. Who are you? Have you answered this basic yet fundamental question that will determine how successful you will be at putting racism out of business? Do you know who you are? Oh, some say I'm black. No, you're not black. Some say I'm white. No, you're not white. Black is a color. You are not a color. And while we are at it, can I just put it up front? You are not the food you eat. You are not your culture. You are not your religion. You are not what you wear. There are many things in our lives that we can change. Therefore, it doesn't make sense to tie your identity to those things that you can change. You are not where you were born. It's a place. You are not that place. Who are you? You must answer that question. Don't hide behind color. Don't hide behind clothing. Don't hide behind a geographical location. Don't hide behind food. I wasn't born in the United States, but I'm here now, living now in a U.S. citizen. Who am I? Who are you? It's important to answer that. I'm asking this question because when you know who you truly are, nobody's going to mess up with your mind. When you know who you are, nobody is going to mess up with your mind. I've shown that racism is a social construct based on a faulty ideology about people's identity. According to the racist, according to the racist, there are some people whose skin color makes them inferior to them and deserve 
to be treated as such. I've belabored the point. Racism is made up because it's one human race. And we are all human. Unfortunately, unfortunately, those who are practicing racism, according to them, now hear this and take the distinction very seriously. It's according to the races. It's not left to you to believe their lie. It's not left to you to believe their faulty thinking or not. According to the racist, they believe that some people's skin color makes them inferior to them. Therefore, they are subhuman. Therefore, beneath their feet and give them the permission for they who feel they are superior to trample upon those they think they are inferior. But the good news is this, just because somebody thinks that he or she is superior, just because they think, believe, speak it, and act on it, it doesn't make it the truth. We need to make that distinction very, very clear because a lot of people are believing a lie and now the expectation of other people has become their reality. And that is why I'm here today to say this, to put an end to this evil of racism. It's imperative that you have the right belief system. It's imperative that you don't allow what other people believe about you to become your reality. However, it is not enough for somebody to believe that your skin color or any other thing makes you inferior to them. To be inferior, you need to believe that you are inferior. The ball ends at your feet. The buck ends at your feet. At your feet. Somebody sees you. They believe X, Y, Z about you. They treat you X, Y, Z. They say you are inferior. They say you are less human. Is that true? Please, talk to me. Is that true? Are you less human? Are you inferior? Do you believe that? If you believe it, then it is so. You're going to start acting based upon that belief. As simple as this may sound, many have stumbled over this basic and fundamental idea that all, all, including you, are created equal. We don't need to ask for equality because we are already equal. We don't need to ask for other people to make us equal because we are already equal. Yeah, I can hear those voices, but see that treating me such 
that are saying such about me. It's about being transformed by the renewal of your mind. If another human being has to make you human, they can take away your humanity at any time. Don't wait for people to validate you. And now let me say this and say it very clearly. When I was growing up in Africa, where I read, I heard things that made me, when I was younger, to think maybe being black was a problem. However, the light switch in my life at a particular time. I don't know, maybe I was doing my undergraduate then. It just occurred to me. Heck no. I was not consulted to be born in Africa. So just get over it. Melanin has nothing to do with anything apart from protecting me from UV radiations. I embraced who I was in Christ. Child of God created in the image and likeness of God, that set me free. I don't need anybody to make me equal to them. I don't, because I'm a human. I don't need anybody's validation because I'm human. It's very important to come to terms with the fact that all are created equal. All are created equal. Some people don't believe it, that doesn't change the truth. If you don't believe in gravity, gravity is going to do its thing. We hear Newton, Isaac, say, say Isaac Newton discovered gravity. The gravity was already there. This is a universal truth. We are all created equal. We are different, yes, but different does not make, mean inferior or superior. I've said, some stumble over this basic and fundamental idea that all are created equal because some have a hard time believing that they are not superior. Come down from your high horse. If you think you're superior, you're kidding yourself. You are not. And others cannot shake off the idea that they are not inferior. I've said, the interplay where you find humans everywhere on the globe is the superiority and the inferiority complex. Some think they're superior, they are both others, and they've conditioned others to believe that they are inferior. And that is why this nonsense continues. It needs to stop with you. Are you inferior? What, who told you you're inferior? What, what makes you think like that? Do you think you're superior in what sense? You don't bleed blood? You bleed orange juice or what? And even if you, orange juice came out of your veins, so what? It's time for all of us to grow up. Knowing who you are is the best place to start who you are, you are going to behave contrary to who you truly are. Take, for example, a prince 
who is born in a royal family and taken to be raised by farmers. And nobody tells that prince that he is a prince. What do you expect from that prince? He's going to behave like all the other farmers around. I didn't say there was anything wrong being a farmer. It's just an illustration. The conduct of behavior in the royal palace is different from conduct of behavior among farmers. They don't eat in the same way. They are not positioned the same way. There are differences. Now, if this prince is being raised by farmers and nobody has told the prince that he is a prince, he will not act as a prince. Because you learn how to act royally. It's a learned behavior. The blood that is flowing in the veins of royalty is the same blood for everybody else. People need leaders, and in some cases, like the monarchy, that is not the focus of my discussion today, which is better. What I'm saying is this. When you take that prince from that farm to the palace, and now you change the mind of the prince, you convince the prince that, oh, you are not the son of a farmer. You are the son of the king. What's going to happen to the prince? He is going to adjust and start acting and eating and speaking in a different way. Why? He believed about his identity has changed. It is very important to know who you are. It's very important to know what you believe about who you are. You are not the result of a cosmic accident because you have been created in the image of God. God himself has declared that we are all created in his image. We are all the same. We are all equal. Now, if you think this issue of knowing identity is something that is not crucial or critical. You have to consider the fact that the devil himself attacked Jesus in this very area. Jesus had been fasting for 40 days in the desert and he was hungry. Then the devil showed up and went directly to the identity of Jesus. Your identity means a lot. Your identity has a lot to do. Your identity determines the outcome of your life. And that's why the devil went straight to attack Jesus on his identity. This is what happened. This is what transpired. We read in Matthew chapter 4, verse 3 and 4, 3 to 4, that now the tempter came to him. He said, if you are the son of God, command that these stones 
become bread. You hear the question that the devil asks Jesus? You hear where he went straight? If you are the son of God. Now, if Jesus is the son of God, what does that mean? It means a lot to be the son of God. God created everything. He has all the power. He can do and undo. He's not limited by time. He's not limited by space. He's not limited by matter. Can you imagine that? And the devil wanted Jesus to doubt who he was. If you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. Jesus was not going to fall for it. He knew he who, who, who he was. He was not allowed to be playing games. He didn't allow the devil to make him doubt who he was. You think the devil did not know who Jesus was? But it is you to affirm who you are. You don't have to allow other people to affirm you. Do you know who you are? Do you believe who you are? The devil tried to mess up with Jesus' mind. To, to, he, he told him, if you, if, you, if you know you are the son of God. But Jesus was not there to play games. And you shouldn't be playing games with people who are trying to make you less human. Don't believe their lies. God created all of us. But the ball is in your court. This is what Jesus said. Jesus, but, Jesus, but Jesus answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Take a close look at the sneaky attempt of the devil to try and make Jesus Christ doubt who he truly was. The devil understood that if he could make Jesus doubt who he was, he would start acting in ways that are contrary to who he was. Remember John the Baptist said, this is the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Now if Jesus stopped believing that he was the Lamb of God, if he stopped believing that he was the Son of God, sent to come and die, to redeem mankind of their sins, do you think Jesus would have ended up on the cross? No. If he doubted that he is a sacrificial lamb, he wouldn't have gone to the cross. This is very serious. And how dare you? How dare you let other people define your identity for you? How dare you blame those that don't know any better? Take the upper hand. You've got to fight back. He said, heck no. I'm a child of God. Created in his image and likeness. You've got to believe that. Stop blaming, complaining, and making excuses for why you are not believing what God is saying about you. You see, what somebody believes about themselves determines their actions. Do you think the devil doubted who Jesus was? Yet, he dared Jesus to affirm or reject the fact that he was indeed the Son of God. The devil dared Jesus to affirm or reject. 
have been rejected. Have been rejected. They have been created in the image of God. It's time to take that back. See, Jesus was hungry. After he fasted for 40 days, And the devil tried to tie his legitimate need for food to his identity. Please listen to this. This is huge. Jesus had every right, every right to eat after 40 days of not eating. Is somebody listening to me? Jesus had the right to eat after 40 days. He was hungry. The devil sneaked in and tried to tie his identity to that present need that he had. Today, many have fallen into this trap of tying their identity to their sexual needs and any other needs that they have. I'm this, I'm that, I'm this, I'm that. I am my sexual preference. I am my sexual orientation. I am my appetite. I am, I am, I am. That's why a lot are destroying their lives by what they eat and their sexual conduct. Nobody is their sexual orientation, sexual preference, whatever you call it. That is not who you are. You are not defined by who you have sex with. It's not your identity. The devil has sneaked in and has distorted how you view yourself. We are not the food we eat. That's not our identity. Our identity is not the type of sex that we have or who we lie with. That's not our identity. The devil tried that with Jesus. If you're a child of God, make 10 stones into bread. Can you imagine how Jesus felt after he had not eaten for 40 days? He was hungry, but he refused to give the devil a foothold by doubting who he was. Jesus did not waste time arguing with the devil and did not try to prove to him that he was the son of God. Instead, he quoted the word of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Are you living by bread alone? What place does the word of God occupy in your life? Do you read the word? Do you believe it? Do you act on it? Or you think they're just suggestions? No wonder you're confused. No wonder 
You're waiting for the news headlines to define who you are. No wonder you're waiting for the actions of others to define who you are. No wonder. You feel superior. And the need to make others feel inferior. No wonder you feel inferior. And the need for others to be superior. It's a two-way traffic. You have to know who you are and believe what the Word of God says about you. When people want you to doubt your true identity in Christ, you should use the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. I'm a child of God. I'm a joint heir with Christ. I've been bought by the blood of Christ. We are one in Christ, neither Jew nor gender. You do not need to prove to these people that you are not a cosmic accident and no chimpanzee's cousin or monkey's uncle. You are who God, your creator, says you are. And that is good enough. Don't prove anything to anybody. Let them believe whatever they want about you. Write whatever books they want to write. Say whatever they want to say. It's left to you. What do you truly believe about you, about your worth? Do it. Believe that you're a child of God and see racism tuck its tail between its hind legs and run with the speed of light away from you. The devil was not done with Jesus and attacked his identity a second time. This is very serious. Jesus was tempted three times and two of those times had to do with his identity. Don't let your identity be messed up. I bring this up because the enemy is relentless in trying to make you doubt who you are and believe a lie. It's amazing that the devil knows the word of God, can quote it, but he was trying to misinterpret the word of God here by asking Jesus to put a public stunt. We are told, then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him high on the pinnacle of the temple. That was the tallest point on the temple. And said to him, if you are the son of God, if you are the son of God, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you and in their hands they shall bear you up. Lest you dash your foot against a stone. Yeah, the word of God has said. The angels of God would take care if Jesus was to stumble and fall and the devil wanted Jesus to put God to the test and act presumptuously. You don't need to. You know who you are. You are who you are. You don't need to prove it to nobody. 
Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. And that's what Jesus told the devil. Jesus said to him, it is written, again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. God has already declared that you've been made in his image and likeness. And you meet somebody who believes contrary to that. You don't need to prove anything to them. You need to believe what God says about you. You need to use the word of God. In those three instances, Jesus did not reason with the devil. He did not argue with him. He used the word of God. And that's why you need to be a man or woman of the word. Understand God's word. That is the will of God for you. It's a road map. You need to know it so that you don't get lost. Can you imagine how many people would have believed Jesus if he jumped from the top of the temple land and landed on the ground without any harm? Picture that. Jesus jumps from the top of the temple, from the pinnacle, and the crowds are watching him. And he flies down. Everybody would have said, whoa, these days of social media, everybody wants uh, a video that is going to go viral, something that is trending. And that is why some would naked their bodies and do whatever. To go viral. Jesus didn't want to, he, he had no need to go viral. He had no need. Because he understood what his mission was. He understood who he was. You need to rest in that assurance. This would have been an excellent publicity stunt and would have benefited his mission of reconciling people back to God tremendously. But Jesus knew better. He knew that he had to die on the cross for his mission to be accomplished. That is why when you know who you are, it's tied to your mission. Don't leave other people's dreams. Don't leave other people's expectations. Know who you are and live accordingly. He was not going to take a shortcut and put up a public show or a show for the public. I started by saying you need to know who you are. It's important. It's very important. That's the first step to putting racism out of business. Your identity, as I've said, is not what you eat, the clothes you wear, the type of music you dance, because all those things can change. Okay? You can learn to dance any, 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 any music if you, if, you so, if you so choose to. So you don't, you don't tie identity to those things. Your identity is who God says you are, not what any government textbook or group of experts say. Your identity is not what other people define it for you. Refuse it. Just because man-made laws say you are something, it does not make it true. Hitler took over Germany. How did he treat the Jews? Six million of them were butchered. You know what happened in Rwanda among the Hutus and the Tutsis? When the others were calling, when the Hutus were calling the Tutsi cockroaches, 
slaughtered 800,000 people. Don't allow people to change your identity. And don't change the identity of others. Today, abortion is on high demand. I can't talk about identity without mentioning the 61 plus million American babies that have been slaughtered. Because we dare say, oh, they're no human, just part of the woman. Isn't it strange that the part of the woman has hands and feet, a heartbeat, eyes, a head? It's insane, isn't it? That will protect our dogs, our cats, bald eagles, polar bears, and trees. Yet, human babies must be sacrificed. And it's something that you, can't, you don't even dare talk about. It's time to repent. Yeah, the law says we can kill our babies. Just because the law says something is permitted doesn't make it true. It doesn't make it right. You need to know. It doesn't mean Hitler said, do away with the Jews. Did he make it right? No. Holocaust was evil. A lot of babies have been sacrificed. Slavery was evil. Racism is evil. Just because the law said, let's enslave people, let them work for us for free. Just because the law says, let's discriminate, have separate bathrooms and things like that. It doesn't make it right. That's why we changed it. And there's so much still going on right now. It doesn't make it right. That's why I'm saying that just because man-made laws say you are something, it does not make it true. Therefore, it is important to keep believing and affirming who you truly are created in the image and likeness of God. You are no monkey's uncle and no chimpanzee's cousin. You are created in the image and likeness of God. You don't need to prove that to anybody because that is who you truly are. Thank you for sticking around. Do me a favor. Share this. Let me hear your comments. We're going to continue tomorrow with the second thing that you need to do to put racism out of business. God bless you.